0: Hello everybody, welcome to your Hard in the Paint NBA podcast, the NBA podcast where we ask the hard questions about the NBA. I'm your host Matt, again, joined by Michael, and today on this wonderful July 2nd, happy July 4th to all of our American listeners, all five of them, Uh, we have some exciting free agency news. Free agency's been open for about 48 hours now, probably about, eh, a little bit longer than that. And uh, most of the big deals have been done. However, there are some lingering questions as well as will these moves make these teams better or worse? Who's up for the title? All these other fun things. What it could mean at the trade deadline for the next season. But before we get into that, let's of course give a special shout out to our sponsor for this episode of Heart in the Paint podcast. That is uh, actually Coca-Cola. Uh, Coca-Cola has kind of been doing this new thing now for the past, uh, I'd say, couple years where they're doing the uh, reduced-calorie cola. More particularly, it's uh, Branded Life, and it's uh, Coca-Cola, the Coke that you know and love, with cane sugar and stevia instead of the normal high-fructose corn syrup. Uh, So you might not know that this is actually, like, a thousand percent healthier than normal Coke, Uh, let alone it has half of the sodium, half the carbs, and half the sugars of a normal bottle of Coke. Uh, You can get these in glass bottles is where they're most normally found with the green labels, but I've been taking them in cans for a while. It's nice. It feels a lot more wholesome going down the pipes and uh, doesn't give you the shits afterwards. So uh, enjoy life with a cane, sugar, and stevia blended Coca-Cola at your local grocery store. And with that, uh, let's hop right into sort of the initial free agency season, the F5 season, as we like to call it here, the Woj artillery assault. Uh, so, m- most importantly, a big difference from this year as opposed to last year was the timing at which deals were allowed to be finalized or made, I guess, uh, to not be a part of the tampering restrictions. And that was. For this year, it was at 6 p.m. Eastern time on Sunday, the June 30th day. And a lot of deals were made in the first 10 minutes of that. Uh, Potentially a couple billion dollars thrown around in 30 minutes or less. Uh, That's worth more than 80% of the NBA teams in terms of monetary evaluations. Uh, And uh, a lot of these, of course, were... Woj bombed on us a couple of shams Chiranaria whatever the fuck his name is uh, and uh, we still have a couple left to go a couple big ones left but uh, Michael what what is your initial thoughts of free agency how do you think it went in general
1: it's kind of crazy that by Monday morning the dust was settled it's pretty much gone. I mean Kawhi is kind of the only big fish. Maybe Boogie. They're the only ones kinda of floating out in the ether. Everyone else is uh it's fucking quick. Um kind of surprised that clay was kind of the first uh domino, I guess, or the right. big free agent signing. Um resigning with the Golden State, obviously, but a lot of movement, a lot of movement from the uh I don't even know how to call it, like the tier two, tier three kind of guys, the role player type of guys. There's a lot of movement there, which I was really surprised by, which, you know, if Kawhi doesn't sign with the Lakers, basically fucks over the Lakers.
0: Yeah, there's this, at this point in time, there is a little bit of an awkward staring match going on with the Lakers, the Clippers, Toronto even, and uh, maybe a couple other suitors with Kawhi Leonard in his camp. The Knicks. The next. <laughs> at, at this point, you've kind of missed out on ninety-five percent of top talent, and uh, you're hoping it's worthwhile. I mean, the Lakers at this point, it was like almost a conspiracy to almost make them strike out, or maybe it's not. You know, who knows what could happen tomorrow? Um, I think the way to do this is we'll just kind of go right down the list, team by team. Uh, we'll talk. Some of these we've mentioned before, um, but a lot of them are woge bomb after woge bomb after woge bomb. So let's just start right with our favorite young core in
1: southeast. That would be Atlanta. Wait, wait, does Louisiana count as part of the southeast? No.
0: Okay. I think southeast has to be on the Atlantic.
1: There's the Gulf of Mexico. We just
0: that's that's just south. That's just <laughs> okay.
1: That's... All right, so Atlanta, no real uh, no real traffic, I would suppose, except for that Evan Turner, camp Bazemore flip, um, which was it's still kind of odd because I was kind of expecting one of those two guys to then be moved to somewhere else. Like it seemed like a a move that you make to set up the next move, um, but it seems like Evan Turner is just going to be in Atlanta.
0: And let's not forget, you know, Atlanta made a couple draft night deals here, so maybe they figured, hey, we kind of did our free agency already, so to speak. So, and they they aren't really looking to contend right away. I mean, they're you know at best a
1: fringe playoff team. So uh, I don't know, maybe. I mean, if Kawhi leaves Toronto. I don't got think Toronto aim. is uh, on the inside track. I think Boston, their ceiling has been diminished. Uh, the Nets aren't going to have Katie for a whole year. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. Philly, You're skipping who a lot knows? of steps here. <laughs> Philly, who knows? Uh, Milwaukee, who knows? I mean, that might, you know, did they just have a fluke here? I mean... We might be looking at uh, Atlanta-Indiana Conference Finals here in uh, 10 months' time.
0: So, Atlanta, nothing too crazy going on there. But, uh, of course, alphabetically, next up on the list would be uh, the Boston Celtics, which, of course, had the most shitstorm of a year, (laughs) to say it lightly. Uh, They lost the best closer in the league in Kyrie Irving and have exchanged him basically for Kemba Walker.
1: Yeah, same money, same number of years, just less ego. I I don't even know how this, this. uh, You know, like a couple weeks ago, we were talking about the draft, and we were like, you know, we're talking about like uh, should a team take best available talent or go for fit. And this seems like Boston's trading out best available talent for a better fit.
0: Yeah, it's also getting something for nothing. You know, Kyrie was gonna leave. Not that, you know, at this time last year he said he was going to stay, but, you know, you got to get something for nothing. And let's also take into account Boston losing Al Horford to a future team. Uh,
1: and Terry Rozier.
0: Yeah, and Terry so Rozier went their, to Charlotte in exchange for doubts. Kemba. So,
1: yeah, so the guard that.
0: Yeah, you're, you're a little – you're really putting a lot on the shoulders of the Tatums and the Haywards and – uh whatever I think they re-signed Daniel Tice, which isn't really a starting center, but uh they also got Ennis Cantor, if I'm not mistaken, from Portland, so uh maybe that team just gels better with egos now. Maybe it's
1: worse. Yeah, I think it's I think it's this idea of uh now they're gonna be more of the scrappy underdog kind of team and less the preordained uh Eastern Conference finalists kind of team. Yeah, I think so, that
0: that definitely fits their vibe a little better. I mean, think of like Marcus Smart and um, Morris and uh, Kemba even kind of being a little bit of undersized underdog. Um, so I, I would be looking forward to see how this works. I think it'll probably look very similar, but uh, I mean, that's Brad Stevens for you.
1: Do you think this team... Or I guess let's do this for every team. Do you think they got better or worse over the last two days?
0: Do they win more or less games? I think they win more games. I think it I think it just you you don't have uh we haven't really seen Kemba in a good system and we haven't seen him in like uh all star game yeah true, but we but we haven't seen him in like a a distributory system. I mean he's kind of always been the guy, and maybe he still is the guy in Boston, but it definitely doesn't feel that way to me
1: I mean it seems like you're suggesting that Jay, Jason Tatum is better than Malik Monk, and I don't know that just doesn't gel well,
0: yeah. That's a hard one when you're losing Frank too. I mean, who are you gonna, who's gonna carry you through these three-point stretches?
1: All right, next on the list, uh, after Boston comes the cupcake-ass bitch. So, let's talk about this fucker.
0: So, the Nets might have won the sweepstakes here. Maybe they didn't. Maybe they're gonna totally blow up. But uh, they got the trifecta of yeah. the woke and the broke and the joke of Kyrie, KD, and Deandre Jordan.
1: I'm confused. Who is who?
0: Exactly. That's why the name works so well. <laughs> um, so big, big deals going for all three of these guys. Obviously they are shipping out a lot of talent in exchange. Um, but you know, there was this back and forth of Kyrie and KD, whether it was the Knicks or the Nets and it Kyrie got his way. He's the uh the woman in the relationship, so he got what the woman wants, and the woman wanted the the Brooklyn Nets. And they tagged along DeAndre Jordan as their stepchild along the way. So big whoops here is of course Kevin Durant not being active for probably the entirety of next season.
1: Yeah, it's kind of a shame that the Knicks died so the Nets could live on this one. Um, I guess kudos to the Nets for turning around basically the first four or five years of this decade in terms of just bad trades, right? I mean, obviously the 2013 Garnett-Pierce one, the Darren Williams, the Mozgov, um even Alan Kraft to some extent, right? Didn't they pick up Alan Kraft for like a year before they shipped him down? Yeah, and they had a lot Uh, of folks. Joe Johnson. And they've managed to basically be the team to beat, maybe not next year, but definitely the year after if KD returns and he's like 85% of what he is after this Achilles injury. Um, Do you think with this move of KD choosing the Nets over the Knicks. And likewise, Kyrie kind of going from this uh, wanting to be the man, going to Boston, didn't really work out. Now he kind of forms another super team. Is Kevin Durant the most hated superstar of all time? And I'll give give you some other nominees to uh, compare it against. Kobe. Um, And that's it. So is Kevin Durant the most hated superstar of all time? I don't think so. I think
0: we have this think huge now. Yeah, <laughs> I think more people would dislike Kobe than than Kevin Durant.
1: It's weird because the thing is, is that I know Kobe uh, obviously asked for that uh, trade right from Charlotte on draft night, but he gets that loyalty, uh, like boost. Like, there's a lot of people who um, really hate Kobe, but they do admire the fact that he stayed with the Lakers. <laughs> And I'm like, all right, yeah, but they offered him a shit ton of money, and they like traded out Shaq. Where was he gonna go? Uh,
0: Uh, I think I think the the whole the new narrative of Kevin Durant of putting his body on the line to try and win the Warriors another title, and then actually being misdiagnosed and almost being with like medically tampered with with the general population. I th- I think that that has rubbed people in a better light for him. And I think we'll f- kind of forget about it now that he's gone for a year.
1: I don't know. I think this is just... It's really it's awkward kind of timing. Me yeah, I mean, at least with when he went to Golden State, it was like... Okay, he hasn't won. He just wants to go to a better team. And there aren't that many better teams in Oklahoma City... In two thousand sixteen right I mean, there was Cleveland a three
0: one lead play. to these guys they were right yeah. there
1: yeah i mean i i was i was I was really annoyed by what he did, but this just kind of pisses me off because this whole thing was you left Golden State because championships no longer were satisfying, so you know the whole resurrecting the Knicks franchise. It's nice, you know, for rehabbing his social image, um, but then he does this, and it's like, all right, well, you're not resurrecting like a historic franchise here, and you're not going to a better team, so it's like, and you're not even you're not even going to the place that's that's offering you the most money, because he could have done a sign and trade with Golden State.
0: It turns out he just wants to play with his friends and have fun.
1: Yeah, but like. Fuck him.
0: Well, that's why he tore his Achilles.
1: Cupcake ass bitch. Does man. this?
0: Does he go to Brooklyn still if he doesn't tear his Achilles?
1: I don't think. No, nah, I think then he gets. I think Benny gets the next. Yeah, I think, I think this so whole too. James Dolan not wanting to give him money is <laughs> fucking hilarious. Yeah. Talk about like a toss up between MJ and uh, James Dolan in terms of cheapest owner right now. Golly,
0: don't even get me started. Speaking of cheapest owner, nice segue there into the next team, the Charlotte Hornets. Of course, they lost Kemba in exchange for Terry Rozier because MJ was too cheap to pay Kemba more money to stay, even though Kemba already <laughs> was going to take a discount to stay. Um, it's like laughably bad sometimes. So are we, are we a lottery team? Are we bottom three in the East?
1: You know it would be crazy? If this team was actually better without Kemba. With Kemba, they were basically uh, always kind of middle of the pack, right? They were, like, not good enough to make always playoffs. Always like 100. <laughs> where they were, like, too good to tank. And now I think it's just... Fuck it, let's just go into, like, Scary Terry mode. And... You got
0: Scary Terry, you got Moist Monk, you got Frank the Tank. You got so many great names on this team.
1: <laughs> and if, like, the East you know the you know last year i think we thought like oh man there's like four and then kind of indiana making up the top five and now i think the east is even more of a bloodbath going into next season so who knows i mean you you would get a few games kind of going your way and maybe charlotte kind of rises to the top um obviously they have a new coach you know he's only been there for a year so maybe this is kind of He's able to implement some more changes. Maybe scary Terry fits more into his scheme than Kemba, um, but it is—I mean, this team probably doesn't get better.
0: Yeah, I, I'm expecting uh, below 500 record for a change. Um, yeah, honestly,
1: <laughs> the question is like, do they intentionally try to tank? And. Uh
0: well if the current draft lottery results have anything to deal with it it's not worth being the absolute worst anymore
1: yeah uh, gg on the next so, <laughs> like second time out of the next i'm gonna be saying this a lot over the next hour <laughs>
0: yeah uh speaking of other teams that are gonna be in the bottom of the east cleveland or no sorry i skipped chicago Chicago signing Thad Young for a pretty ridiculous amount of money, in my I opinion. I kind of
1: like the move, though.
0: Yeah, me too. Makes a lot, It feels right to me.
1: It's like, if you're going to be bad, you might as well be fun while being bad.
0: And everyone up on this team is still up for trade, by the way, according to uh, Gar Pax. So. Wow, you think there's
1: like something brewing?
0: I think somebody could be moved in the season. Chris Dunn? Chris Dunn, maybe Zach Levine, maybe Larry Markkinen. I think Wendell Carter's untouchable, though. I think they like him a lot. I like him a lot in 2K. I've been playing a lot with him. He feels really good. Um, speaking of which, bottom of the East again. Uh, Cleveland hasn't made any crazy deals yet, but uh, rumor-mongering does have uh, Kevin Love potentially going somewhere as well as uh, J.R. Smith potentially going somewhere. Uh, Channing Fry potentially going somewhere. Do yeah, I mean,
1: that's Cleveland's definitely, I feel like, in full-on tank mode, um, especially because they have now two ball-dominant guards. And yeah. the last time we saw that uh, in Cleveland at the beginning of the decade uh, basically led to a lot of tanking. Um,
0: back to back. I think number at this point picks. they're just trying
1: to get off the contracts of Tristan Thompson and Jr. and Kevin Love. It just seems like a let's try and move off these contracts by just shedding, get some picks, hopefully get some luck and.
0: Yeah, and uh, let me let me put this as a nice segue to uh, the Salt Lake City summer league games that are going on these couple days here. Before July 4th, I went to the games last night. It's the same four teams. It's the Cavs, the Grizz, the Jazz,
1: and the Spurs. That's a really awful four teams to kind of end up with. It's just like the smallest markets. Yeah,
0: Grizz are actually the smallest market. Um, Pretty rough because no draft picks from this year were are playing. John Moran, of course, had arthroscopic knee surgery right after the draft and Darius Garland just wasn't there from what i could tell uh i mean maybe he played today while i was not there but uh big big takeaway is this uh Tony Bradley guy on the Jazz team uh he had 10 rebounds before halftime which is pretty crazy uh considering their 10 minute quarters and 8 minute half times and uh, Lonnie Walker, the fourth for the Spurs, man, draft pick from last year. I think he was like pick 12 or 14 toward his, I think it was his ACL. Uh, he looks really good though. I mean, he's playing against lower tier talent than him, but he looked like he could play in the NBA. So that's my takeaways. Tickets are $6 if you're interested. Uh, was worth a fun time. All the jerseys were on sale for all the future players that were traded and joined. So that was nice.
1: Any uh, scouting information on some of these uh, Spurs players from abroad?
0: There were a couple big white dudes on the Spurs. Most of them were just G League affiliates, though. And most of them were American-born. So they're probably not going to get any playing time for the team.
1: Uh, what's your opinion on the uh, the big Euro in Dallas?
0: The big Euro in Dallas. I like How Dallas. Third,
1: comes in, yeah. Get Seth, Powell, Curry Seth Curry back.
0: Yeah, they still have room for another player, too. Another big-time player.
1: What does a Seth Curry-Luka Doncic backcourt look like?
0: Dude, that team's going to score some points. man. They, everyone on the team can shoot threes. It's kind of crazy.
1: Yeah, but what do they do on the other side of the ball?
0: Doesn't matter. They're Dallas. They just have Porzingis in the paint. I hope he blocks, averages two blocks a game. That's all you got to hope for.
1: Were you surprised that Seth Curry went to Dallas? I kind of thought he might choose a team closer to being a contender. Yeah, or this least, is a
0: pretty big uh, one for me.
1: You know, kind of a, a lock in the playoffs.
0: I feel like he was solid on Portland. Like, I don't know if I would have left that situation. I guess he got more money in Dallas, but. You know, the other thought was okay, maybe the Lakers try and pick him up if they don't pick up Kawhi or somebody else. Uh, and then even you know, another contender you could think like Brooklyn or maybe the Sixers, um, maybe even Milwaukee. Like he I feel like he raised his stock a whole lot with his postseason play. And kinda of surprised he's going to a lesser team, but Maybe Dallas isn't a lesser team than Portland anymore.
1: I don't know. We don't know what Porzingis is going to look like and this
0: feels a lot like to me like how we're going to feel about Brooklyn a year from now. It's like what? <laughs> like well, we have this this awesome max star player that's yeah, injured with a very bad injury. We don't know what he's going to look like afterwards. And we've got this isolation superstar that's going to get you 20 and 10 a game or 20 you know 26 8 and 8 or whatever um and then a whole bunch of kind of random assortment of pieces next to him kind of feels like brooklyn obviously not at the same talent level of Kyrie and kd but the similar Mm -hmm. question
1: do you think the knicks regret giving away Porzingis for basically nothing. Oh,
0: absolutely. Are you kidding me? This is the Knicks' worst nightmare. Now that they
1: lost out on the Zion sweepstakes. And
0: you trade him brands. away early on thinking that KD is an instant lock. You trade him away early on thinking Kyrie is an instant lock. You do all this other stuff thinking you're going to get the number one pick guaranteed because that's what you preached for like three months of the year. Go- golly, like everything went wrong. Like <laughs> like this is the one in fourteen million from Avengers, man. Like this is
1: very Nixian.
0: Yeah, and at the same time, it's like you still got James Dolan there. It's like if there's an excuse to get rid of a man, you might as well do it now.
1: Uh, Denver signed uh, Jamal Murray to a huge extension. Um, so they're basically capped out now in terms of what their team kind of looks like. Um. I haven't really seen them make any signings. I don't know if they have anything in the works. Um, I do know Michael Porter Jr. is probably coming back, you know, so maybe that's kind of like a pseudo free agent signing in a way. Uh,
0: I think that's the big one for a lot of uh, folks is Michael Porter Jr. Apparently he's looked really good in his time uh, practicing and training and all that stuff. And I think we're going to see him at summer league in Vegas. So that would be a good way to assess where he's at. Because that guy could very well be, you know, if he's maybe two-thirds as good as a Luka, right? Like, that's a really solid addition to
1: the team. Do you think Denver should have done more since, you know, they're basically running it back, Uh, but, you know, maybe with a slightly weaker Golden State, You know, slightly weaker Houston, maybe? Um, Do you think Denver should have maybe tried to capitalize a little bit more?
0: I'm actually totally okay with Denver running it back. A lot of people right now have Denver in kind of their top three in terms of uh, Western Conference champions, which makes a lot of sense. I mean, they were basically almost there last year. I mean, they very well almost beat Portland. I mean, went to seven games, kind of came down to just some fourth quarter collapse kind of stuff. So they they were right there. And I think with all the changes on to golden state, Portland, you know, the Lakers, I mean, all this talent getting shuffled around, I think maybe having a little bit of leftover chemistry is actually worthwhile now, let alone being one of the more unique teams in the league in terms of just play style. So, I think it makes a lot of sense.
1: Uh, Do you think Jamal Murray, with the money, kind of elevates his play to, you know, kind of match what he's making?
0: All I know is I was big on Jamal Murray before he was really popular, and I'm glad to see him making his money, but, like, with a lot of these when you actually get down to the money on a lot of these star players, you're like, man, if these guys just took a little bit less, they could sign one more really good piece. And that's what I feel like. I feel like they're overpaying a little bit, but he very well could have been looked at by a lot of other teams. So maybe they kind of had to.
1: Say he took like six, seven million less. Who would you uh, want Denver to kind of add to that team
0: I would try and add a guy at that small forward power forward spot you kind of need like a Mo Harkless kind of guy maybe like a Jeff Green from a couple years back um that was kind of their weak spot was okay you got Jokic you got this random assortment of shooting guards and you've got 33 year old Paul Millsap right right you kind of need some fresh legs there, I think, just to run the floor better. Because you don't have Wilson Chandler anymore either. So,
1: uh, Speaking of fresh legs, D. Rose signing in Detroit.
0: Off his freshest year? Let alone, you know, at the early part of this year where he had that nice 50-point game?
1: Boy, D. Rose and Blake Griffin. If you had told me that in 2010.
0: Ah, oh, the all-knees team. Oh, man, let's let's get Greg Oden on the team. We'll drag him from the big three. Might as well throw Klay Thompson on the team, right? He's got knee problems. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, God, very weird move for D. Rose, I think, to go to Detroit. It seems like the move was for Minnesota offload D. Rose so they could get D'Angelo Russell. Um, didn't really work out that way, but I, I don't really expect... understand the D. Rose signing. <laughs>
0: I'm expecting that D'Angelo and D Rose will get shipped in the middle of the season at some point.
1: Yeah, I just, I I don't know. Like, D Rose, it's not a good fit. And it's kind of sad because I think at this point, I kind of just want him to go to a good fit. I kind of just want him else. to ring
0: chase. i like, I'm like totally okay with it at this point. It's like, all right, you tried. Like, we realize you got glass knees and paper ligaments. Like,. So just go ahead and ring chase with somebody, but who do you ring chase with right now? The Lakers, like the, the 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 Nets, like
1: you know, it'd be kind of interesting if D Rose was like the sixth man on the Pelicans.
0: That'd be fun. That'd be
1: fun to watch. It's like it feel I'm good. Teach story. All these young... I'm gonna teach all these young guys. How not to fuck up their legs so that way they can actually have a career.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a good point. I could see that. I like that. I'll get on board with that. Speaking of legs uh, <laughs> Yeah Uh Golden State, <laughs> of course. Resigning Clay Thompson to I believe it's a max, right? So yeah, yeah, they basically offered him the Max. Big deal. Kinda have to. Obviously gonna be out for ninety percent of the next year. And kind of the sneaky signing, I think no one was expecting D'Angelo Russell to the Warriors.
1: Yeah, this was definitely the most, what the fuck is this?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um,
1: Basically like, clay insurance, right?
0: Yeah, it really is. It's, it's, uh, it fills that role of a playmaker so Steph can be off-ball, which is what they were lacking with kind of the original Golden State teams before Kevin Durant was a guy that can do things while Steph runs around screens. Um, so that's big. Uh, maybe i will give D'Angelo some maturation, being on a real organization for once. Uh, yeah, he
1: got real coaching.
0: Yeah, real coaching, real teammates. Not the Lakers Kobe shit show anymore. And I think he's going to get shipped at some point. Some other team's going to want him. Maybe Minnesota, Bites, I don't know.
1: Yeah, this whole thing just felt really, really, really fishy. It just... Yeah, it it just seems like this man is not gonna be here in a year. It just very much seems like a one-year clay insurance kind of rental. Um, Houston only real signing is uh, Daniel House, um, the guy who basically came back and you know kind of made some spots here, uh, sort of back and forth between the Houston Rockets and their G League affiliate. Um, I guess now he's finally getting his big payday. So kudos to him, but. Houston, very much like Denver, kind of just running it back. Um, also very similar to, like, OKC. It's kind of weird that a lot of the Western contenders um basically kind of, I don't want to say waiting out Golden State, but they basically kind of just think, okay, it's, it's, it's done. It's over. Yeah.
0: I mean, let's be honest. There wasn't a whole lot they could do. They lose Nene off of just money from maturing contracts like Chris Paul, which is borderline untradeable. It's like, like which contract would you rather have to trade? The Chris Paul contract or the Andrew Wiggins contract? Like, uh, uh, <laughs> neither of those seem great.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I think if you play Chris Paul on limited minutes, it can still be effective. I yeah, just have to give him the Kawhi it, uh... treatment. Yeah, I mean, I, at this at this stage of his career, playing like, you know, 36, 37, 40 minutes a game, you're asking too much out of him. But if you keep him down kind of what um Utah used to do with like John Stockton and stuff, like near the end of his career where it was just they put him on such a like a hard minutes restriction and it basically prolonged that dude's career for like Six years so unfortunately that doesn't really work in a Mike D'Antoni system but it'll be interesting Houston usually always makes like a move later in the season or near the end um is when they kind of get creative it's like they start trying when they're kind of under the gun a little bit um so it wouldn't surprise me if it like in February yeah absolutely I
0: was going to say that you know they they like making those mid-season acquisitions
1: just buy out kind of guys yeah
0: so speaking of uh, acquisitions, the Pacers had a pretty big haul. Um, I I have them as my sneaky favorite next year, my dark horse. Still, uh, we talked about last time they got T.J. Warren, you know the NC State alum, you know MVP of the Phoenix years. Here, uh, they also snagged Malcolm Brogdon from the Bucks. I don't think people were it. expecting this one.
1: I was not expecting. I was expecting Malcolm Brogdon to leave the Bucks. Was not expecting him to go to indiana was not expecting indiana to be this aggressive in the offseason
0: also i I love this move i think i think what we have here is a lot of dominoes fell very fast and indiana found themselves needing not only a new point guard because darren collison magically retired out of thin air uh, but also needing a three-point threat because uh, Utah sniped Bogdanovich, which is a pretty big deal, because they sniped him because Miritich was like, fuck it, I'm going back to Spain. <laughs> oh, so, man,
1: this, this Indiana-Utah finals, very much in play. Dude, the viewership would be so bad.
0: <laughs> Two oh, exclusively yeah. basketball states that only have home crowds.
1: <laughs> and they tagged in Jeremy Lamb.
0: Yeah, a nice backup addition.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't like Jeremy Land as as a starter, but, you know, as kind of your six, seven, eight guy, I kind of like it. Like I kind of like these moves. TJ Warren, Malcolm Brogdon, Jeremy Land. You kind of got these nice guys who are one-dimensional. You know, TJ can kind of be a scorer, but then he can also kind of play the small forward. Malcolm Brogdon can kind of play slightly bigger than a guard, but he can also ball handle a little bit, and jeremy lamb same kind of thing like i kind of like the flexibility that these uh three guys have on uh an indiana team which hopefully with a healthy oladipo can uh you know kind of have a bit of a portland run where small market team gets to the conference finals
0: i can totally see it i mean oladipo coming back you still kept sabonis and turner which is like those are your three value pieces that people thought were moving around so I'm really uh I'm I'm excited. I got stock high on Indiana. Uh speaking of teams with point guards, uh the Clippers re-signed Patrick Beverly and snagged up Mo Harkless from the Portland Trailblazers. Uh nah,
1: Harkless came in a three-way trade where Harkless went to uh Miami in the Hassan Whiteside trade and then Miami basically flipped Harkless to the Clippers and a deal that eventually sent Josh Richardson somewhere. I think, it was kind of complicated with Miami there at the end, but
0: so a uh, big deal here is of course, keeping Patrick Beverly, who a lot of people thought was going to the Lakers to be LeBron's point guard. And I've, he turned down a lot of money. Apparently he got a, a $60 million deal from the Kings that he turned down to keep his 40 million with the Lakers, or I mean the Clippers, sorry. Um, Still in the Kawhi sweepstakes here. They still got a max slot open. Uh, They can even grab someone else too if they want to try and flip Gallinari somewhere like to Dallas and get a nice Euro team there. Um, So hopes are still high, but there's still a big steering contest with the LA teams and Kawhi.
1: Yeah, the Clippers, it's... If they don't get Kawhi they still got everybody else who they had last year. And then they're kind of adding in Harkless. Um, and if they get Kawhi, I don't want to say it's reminiscent of Toronto, but it is sort of this, we got our superstar and then we got depth kind of at every position. yeah. And we have guys that can kind of play better than what we think they can at this stage of their career or, their position, right? So, like, Gasol, Lowry had really amazing runs there in the um, conference finals and finals. Um, Danny Green kind of had some moments here and there, and then, obviously, Fred Van Leet. So, maybe that's the Clippers move, is that you just have Kawhi do Kawhi things, and then you tag in Lou Williams and Pat Beverly and Uh, Montres Harrell and Harkless and all these guys kind of just offer enough team chemistry, team depth, and you win a title. Yeah,
0: that's... It worked in Toronto. Why can't it work in the Clippers?
1: So what's the worst combination of finals? Utah-Indiana or Indiana-Clippers?
0: Oh, it's got to be Utah-Indiana. It has (laughs) to be. Like, at least with the Clippers, it's like, well, the L.A. crowd's here, so we might as well just go anyways.
1: Uh, the Lakers, obviously the Anthony Davis trade, um, They signed Jared Dudley, seems like they're just waiting on Kawhi's decision.
0: Yep, still got the pissing match going on, and their t- clock is running out for big-time free agents.
1: What do they do if they don't get Kawhi?
0: I don't even want to imagine that. I think they're absolutely fucked if they don't get Kawhi.
1: It's so weird that getting Anthony Davis may not have been the best thing for them.
0: <laughs> right? Like it kind of feels like that a little bit. It's like well like if you miss they out.
1: Just waited out Anthony Davis for a year and then just sign him in free agency the year after.
0: <laughs> it feels very weird too, um all these kind of smaller tier free agents. A lot of them have been going to Utah, surprisingly. Like, in other contending teams. Like, you know, uh,
1: thinking so like Dallas
0: the... and Indiana and stuff like that. It's like, what is
1: going on here? So if the Lakers do sign Kawhi, who else do they get? Because then they're basically down to like a million dollars split eight ways. You
0: go snag Dele Vadova <laughs> again. Is... You get Miritich back over somehow. <laughs> Mellow. You might as well sign Mellow at that rate. J.R. Smith Wade. on super budget. Um, fuck, that's... Get Ty Lu in some clothes again. He'll play basketball with LeBron.
1: Do you think Kobe will come back? Ring chase? Ring chase Kobe? Oh, absolutely not.
0: He's, he's coaching <laughs> his daughter that's like a fucking... Um, the best WNBA player ever, so... We'll, we'll wait for the, that. That um, probably uh, so nice combo yeah. here. Nice segue is uh, Memphis ended up getting Iguadala from all of the Kevin Durant shenanigans, and he is likely going to be bought out and sent to the Lakers once the season starts.
1: Yeah, you know there was kind of the D'Angelo Russell that was kind of like the the what the fuck trade. Then there was kind of the Knicks. This is kind of tragic in terms of for that fan base kind of trade. And then Iggy being kind of dumped to Memphis just felt really sad. So I, thought- I I don't even know how to describe it. It was just like, was not expecting this. I thought they would basically sign him to something where it's like, you know, we're kind of, you know, signing one of those like appreciation contracts, but who knows, maybe they'll just buy him back. I
0: think the rumor was, is, or maybe the conspiracy bill moment here is uh you know he wrote a book that released a couple of days ago and yeah he's been on a lot of first takes and ESPN's and whatever Breakfast talking Club. about at Breakfast Club and uh, he was going over how last year in the Houston series he was uh diagnosed with a bone bruise when it was actually a stress fracture in his leg and all of the awkwardness with the fans, the media, his teammates, the coach, the medical staff Uh, kind of accusing them of misdiagnosing him and tampering with the public that forced him to come back early. And lucky for him, he didn't really re-aggravate that injury in some worse way. Um, So a lot of kind of dirt being slung that I don't think you come out so publicly with if you don't know you're leaving. I think he kind of factored in the idea that, okay, if Kevin Durant leaves and they don't get anything in return right away... I'm going to have to be shipped out somewhere so that a deal can be made with someone else, especially if clay is probably going to get the max. So I think he kind of knew the door was closing for him in, in the warrior's land, but, uh, definitely a weird kind of way to go.
1: If there's some shady medical stuff happening with Iggy, Kevin Durant and clay over the next year. Um, I think we might start hearing stuff start to leak out. You know how, um, it's like presidential administrations after they kind of finished their time in the white house then you start hearing about all this like crazy shit that like happened yes i'm wondering if that's how we go is like now that if the dynasty is closed that that's when we start hearing about all this crazy shit like you know Draymond, you know fucking punch katie at you know fucking party one night you know just like weird crazy shit that's like oh yeah you know what all right this kind of makes sense now it's kind of nice to have the context but yeah <laughs> stuff I, like that
0: absolutely uh speaking of more shady shit uh miami being the shadiest team in the nba is acquiring jimmy butler and myers leonard uh
1: pretty interesting moves i don't know if there's good moves i do think they are quite interesting for miami
0: Is miami a playoff team
1: Ooh, uh, this is weird, right? It's like,
0: well, they were kind of it with they Dwayne the Wade. Coach.
1: They got the they got the superstar player. They got like um, a
0: decent supporting cast.
1: Yeah, I mean, the downside was they lost guys like Richardson. Maybe with Whiteside being out, Bam Adebayo becomes like.
0: I think yeah, Bam's just gets, really good. Just,
1: yeah, he just gets more minutes, right? Like, I mean, he doesn't have to like share those minutes, so maybe that pans out. Um, they still have Goran Dragic as their point guard. So... <laughs>
0: he could still get sniped, too, from somebody else.
1: I, I just... I don't really know what Miami is going for.
0: They're, like, besides... trying to be an eighth seed. Very weird. It's like they're trying yeah. to be middle of the road.
1: Yeah, it's like they're just trying to be in the playoffs, but not necessarily be good enough to advance. They mostly just kind of want... The... It's almost like... A... Sort of like a like a showmanship pride thing where it's like, oh, we made the playoffs. Kudos to us, which is like a very Miami thing to do. But
0: then get swept by the Bucks in the first round. Like
1: uh,
0: I don't get it. I losing Whiteside is kind of a big deal, but I mean Jimmy Butler trying to be the next Dwayne Wade is that what he's trying to do? Claim the throne? Like,
1: yeah, maybe. I mean, you know, I'm wondering if jimmy with Spolstra seems like a good combination on paper you know it seems like Spolstra would be able to handle like kind of the jimmy uh personality a lot better than a brett brown
0: i think losing josh richardson is a really big deal i really like him as a growing player he's kind of one of my up and coming dudes so uh Props to the Sixers for getting that one. Uh, but uh, next up on our list is Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, of course, they lost Malcolm Brogdon, as we mentioned earlier, and they lost Miritich. Uh, but they did get to sign the other Lopez brother. So that's pretty great. That's going to be some great memes on the sidelines. There's going
1: to be some awesome league pass moments.
0: Yes. Uh, they got George Hill back. Uh, and uh, Chris Middleton as well for a big big money day as we predicted. So kind of running it back, but losing losing Malcolm Brogdon is a little bit of a big deal. Uh, you know, losing Miritich is
1: meh. I
0: don't know if it's that big of a deal.
1: You know, I think Chris Middleton is the. Uh, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but he might be the the first second round. Draft pick to get the max ever.
0: First, second round draft pick to get the max.
1: Yeah, I don't know if it is the sign of
0: Max. Maybe I don't know. Maybe he got someone else got offered a max, but I don't know.
1: What do you make of the Bucks team? Is this team gonna?
0: Sounds weaker to me on paper.
1: Without Brogdon. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think there's just something about having that fifty forty ninety guy.
0: Super kinda, consistent,
1: yeah. Good on defense, good on offense, efficient, doesn't take away too many shots. Seems like he's kind of got a good feel on the court with Giannis and Middleton and Bledsoe.
0: Mm-hmm. So, I don't know, this team feels worse to me.
1: I, I don't want to say
0: they're going to be worse, though. I think they just feel worse.
1: That's what I was going to say. Maybe, like, the rest of the East, if especially if Kawhi leaves, it's like, and KD's not playing. Maybe it's like decentralized enough that even a slightly weaker Bucks team is still uh better than, you know.
0: Also, not to mention, Giannis is actively working on his shooting, which is more than we can say about Ben Simmons right now.
1: What if Giannis becomes like a 50-40-90 guy?
0: That'd be so crazy, wouldn't it? 50-40-90 <laughs> on a averaging a triple-double or something?
1: Yeah, he basically has the... uh like true shooting percentage of Steph with like the Russell Westbrook uh stat padding would be kind of sick
0: speaking of uh padding, uh, Minnesota not getting anything, desperately trying to chirp out Andrew Wiggins for something
1: oh, I know. can't <laughs> I, do it I, I'm so close to saying the Knicks, please just sign Andrew Wiggins just <laughs> so like both sides could stop suffering.
0: Like oh my god that's got to go down as like what would you rather do waste your first round pick on Anthony Bennett your number 1 overall or sign Andrew Wiggins to us his... <laughs> 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 uh, Like what's worse let's be honest it's probably I, Andrew Wiggins I think it's
1: Wiggins yeah but at least with like Anthony Bennett being a number 1 pick bust it's you're going to get those. You know, it's just going to happen where you pick a guy, and it's just not going to work out. But fuck, like, you didn't have to give him that damn money.
0: We said this when it happened. We're like, what the? Like, oh, my God. Uh, speaking of what those, uh, the Pelicans may be potentially winning the Pelicans deal. Snipe JJ Redick as well as Derek yeah. Favors. Are, are the
1: Pelicans... Competing, yeah, like, do they have a chance to win the title? Do they have a? They definitely have a playoff chance. Like, uh... <laughs> this is like the fucking biggest flex I've ever seen by an NBA franchise. <laughs> I mean, they basically got the entire 2017 2018 Lakers team. You couple that with a couple of vets and favors, JJ Redick. You got Drew Holiday, who I think is just adds a nice gravity to the whole team, and then you fucking throw in like the best possibly number one pick this decade, in Zion. Yeah. I I hope this fucking works out on the court. Uh, I'm I'm
0: so excited to watch this team. Like I can't wait to watch a Pelicans game.
1: Dude, I'm so hyped for like a Pelicans Maps like fucking Thursday night game. Oh yes. <laughs> please tnt (laughs) uh all right is it time to get to the saddest all right
0: so while we already thought that the knicks were in their worst nightmare let me give you something even worse they signed 150 million dollars worth of money to three power forwards all right so they signed julius Randle, taj gibson and bobby portis for multi-year millions of dollars contracts as well as getting reggie bullock from the pistons what the
1: what um what position does rj barrett play
0: he's a three right
1: i don't know i've been having this conversation with a lot of people the last couple days um got a guy at work who uh i play basketball with and he's a huge knicks fan grew up in uh in jersey and everything and um He's been telling me RJ was like a 2, and I was convinced he was like a 4, and you're kind of splitting the difference with a 3. So if he plays as a 4, they'd have four power forwards. <laughs> and then you throw in like, Reggie Book and DSJ, who do not compliment each other at all. Throw in Natilla Kina, It's like, man, we're... This is... might be Is this worse than the Lakers meme team of last year? Oh my god. Because at least all those guys are just one-year deals.
0: Yeah, this is this is uh this is very bad. I I don't like this. Get me out of this James Dolan's Ward. God, <laughs> oh my <Damn>.
1: god.
0: <laughs> okay, so let's move on to something a little less depressing. Uh, OKC basically running it back. Uh, Nerlens Noel resigned, if I'm not mistaken, which is a big Lakers deal because they were thinking he could go to the Lakers for a pretty cheap deal. Kind of okay with this. Yeah, you know a lot of their kind of tail spiral at the end of last year was nagging injuries to Paul George and Westbrook. Uh so with a redistributed power dynamic, maybe they can make some headway now. Still don't think they're going to win anything, but they'll get deep in the playoffs it feels like.
1: Yeah, I I don't even know. Okay, see, just you know, Boston was a disappointment, but I think OKC was probably the second biggest disappointment of this past season. Um, just getting bounced in the first round, so we fucking easily.
0: being of disappointments, Orlando uh, re-signing their big boy Vucevic, as well as Terrence Ross, uh, to people that were expected to go other places, as well as ending up with a Minu from the Portland Trailblazers. Pretty sneaky big pickup, I think, mostly because that I think I Aminu mean, was very important for this Portland run last year.
1: Yeah, I'm very confused by why Orlando is seemingly going for it, in a way, by re-signing Vucevic to a huge contract, Terrence Ross, and Aminu. These are kind of, especially with Aminu, it's, it's, it's kind of like a move to suggest that you're uh, looking to compete in the playoffs. Uh, and I didn't think Orlando was at that point, but...
0: Now, because we're talking about Orlando, I have to bring up the Fultz factor.
1: Oh, Is I totally forgot. He
0: potentially coming back, and they're gearing up for a playoff run. Wow. Absolutely not. I've heard reports that his shot still looks absolutely terrible. <laughs> All right, uh, so uh, people actually going for it, though, of course, are the Sixers, making some big, big money moves, uh, re-signing Ben Simmons, got a pretty big extension, maybe a bite in the ass later on, but they got Al Horford, which I think was also a pretty big what-the-fuck move, So I well as re-signing Tobias Harris, Mike Scott, and snagging up-and-coming Josh Richardson from the Miami Heat.
1: Yeah, somehow Philly... Despite sort of uh, having a bunch of superstars, um, ended up with more stars and more depth. So, some savvy dealing here. Elton Brand
0: I for know. GM of the year.
1: Yeah, this is like a very A minus kind of kind of You know, uh, uh, summer for Elton Brand in the last few days. You know, very very A minus where it's like. I, I kind of like it. But, I mean, there's still some some rough edges here, but I've, I kind of got it. Yeah.
0: I think playoff-wise, they might be
1: better. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think this team is, is actually, you know, they didn't really do a rebuild. They just kind of did a reload um, and kind of a different, a different, this is a very different team. It really feels like it's a very different team than what they had, um, you know, eight weeks ago
0: well now you don't have jimmy butler trying to be a ball hog so maybe this will allow and no jj so it's like that's a big defensive liability off the floor
1: yeah i mean that dude was getting picked.
0: this is a long ass team if you think about their playoff lineup if you're going like
1: oh i know their small ball lineup is like seven feet tall average yeah it's like the
0: smallest guy's six seven with josh richardson i'm like holy shit this is a big team
1: I, I'm kind of hoping that they snag a couple of shooters, and uh, I mean, they just signed Benson's that max, you know, that huge extension. So we'll see how it goes. But Philly is definitely one of the more interesting teams.
0: Arguably, I, one bounce know. away from being Toronto, which was probably one bounce away yeah, from being which the is Warriors. Yeah, it's a big
1: fucking deal, and. Um, I don't know, and I mean, the East is just—you know—the power kind of amongst the four or five teams of last season has kind of been broken even more this season. So now it's like, oh, we might actually have seven teams.
0: I'm pretty that high could on Philly represent the East. I'm pretty high on Philly for winning the whole thing. I think they can—they can do it. I think they got yeah, it. Yeah, I'm
1: looking forward to this. Al Horford, uh, Embiid, uh, front court.
0: Speaking of uh, front courts, uh, Phoenix. Actually signing a point guard, not really the one they wanted, but they ended up with uh, Ricky Rubio sweepstakes. Most likely, most people thought he was going to Indiana, but uh, they ended up with a better deal, I think. So uh, Phoenix, yeah, still pretty much irrelevant.
1: Do you think uh, Phoenix, for the fourth year in a row, actually continues their trend of losing more games the following year?
0: No, I think they actually uh, they win more than 20 games this year. That's a pretty bold Damn. prediction, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, nah, I'll, uh, I'll watch a few what's games. You,
1: what's your take on the team that I didn't expect to, they would do a whole lot, but they actually ended up doing way more than I was thinking? Portland.
0: Yeah, so Portland, I think my idea was is they'd try and sign Kevin Love somehow, and that apparently they did everything but that. Uh, Dame got the Supermax, which rightfully deserves, even though it kind of shoots their team in the foot. Uh resigned Rodney Hood. Of course, they lost Seth Curry. They lost Aminu. They lost Harkless. Uh, lost Cantor. a lot of folks. K- yeah, Cantor. But uh, they signed Hassan Whiteside, kind of fulfilling their center role that's now a broken leg Oh, they away. lost Evan Turner. Evan Turner, yeah.
1: Uh, Shows how much uh, we forgot about him. <laughs>
0: but they got Ken Bazemore in return, so I think this team's better... It feels like kind of last year they had a little bit of a problem of almost being 12 deep, and now they're like 9 deep, so they're, they are can be a little more optimized. It kind of cut off some of the extra players that, oh, we could play him instead of him, and I don't know which one we should play. It's a little more obvious
1: now. Yeah, I just... I would not have expected Portland to make some of these moves with Hassan Whiteside <laughs> and Kent Bazemore and yeah. letting go Evan Turner and Harkless and Aminu it was like Harkless Aminu, Evan Turner was kind of their core of a team outside of the, you know, their backcourt for, for quite a few years there. That was kind of the crux of this team.
0: Do you think this team is better or worse? I kind of want to say it's a, the same almost.
1: I mean, I can't really tell just because of the Nurkic injury. You know, hopefully he's he's back to what he was because he had a really nice year. I mean, if he gels well with Hassan Whiteside, I mean that's a fucking dope Twin towers. Court. Yeah. And then the backcourt, and then you throw Rodney Hood as kind of the three, and the Kent Bazemore as the three guy. I mean, that's a pretty fun uh, starting five, starting six. Uh, Sacramento bringing in some vets, Harrison Barnes and Trevor Ariza. Looks like they're trying to turn the corner and get into the playoffs for the first time in like 15 years.
0: Yeah, not too excited about Harrison Barnes getting a whole lot of money again, but I guess they just wanted to run it back. Uh, I think they thought they were a couple bounces away from getting in, so... Whatever. Uh, Speaking of more people running it back, the Spurs, (laughs) the Raptors rejects team, uh, re-signing Rudy Gay, basically running it back. uh,
1: Yeah, I'm really surprised they didn't uh, try to make a move for a center like Hassan Whiteside.
0: Hassan is is not a Spurs player. There's no way that guy's ever going to be a Spurs player.
1: No. Uh, I guess i'm gonna flip the last two uh so let's talk about washington first signing it4
0: it4 uh they also lost uh sadaransky to the bowls if i'm not mistaken so a little bit of a replacement here also john wall being dead still is a big deal uh Pretty interesting with that rivalry game from two
1: years ago. <laughs> Dude, I just can't wait for this locker room of IT4, John Wall, Dwight Howard. I mean, fuck, it's going to be amazing.
0: They also signed Thomas Bryant to like a huge amount of money for some reason.
1: Oh, man. What is Washington doing? If, oh, well, they don't really have a GM,
0: so. <laughs> yeah, they don't actually have a GM, so no wonder why it seems weird. Uh, this is probably. Like, if you're trying to be optimistic about a franchise, are more optimistic about Washington or New York? Right? If they both feel really fucking terrible. Yeah,
1: I want to say New York just because at least you have RJ. Yeah. So maybe <laughs> there's something to look forward there. I mean, Washington, the problem they're going to have is Bradley Beal contract, right? I mean, do they sign him and then just completely say fuck our cap situation Um, or do they try to like flip Bradley Beal while his value is pretty high they just get like a shit ton of picks and
0: they're already at the max
1: an Anthony Davis type of trade like
0: something really stupid has to go on and I'm just like oh god like I think I think their best hope would be to sign Boogie on some vet (laughs) minimum (laughs) just for (laughs) memes sake But, like, oh, my God. The Washington has to be the most depressing team in the NBA.
1: Yeah, and then we get to perhaps probably the smartest team over the last, uh, well, pretty much since the finals, Utah Jazz. Mike Conley and Bogdanovich.
0: Yeah, uh, also some big other minor moves here. Uh, Jeff Green signing on to fill their small forward role. Uh, Pretty solid, as well as... Emmanuel Mudiay signing on to be the backup point guard.
1: Oh, Mudiay signed.
0: Yeah. So a lot of new faces here. Uh, people are pegging the Jazz as favorites to win it all, which is really weird. <laughs> <laughs> like I feel like we're stepping a little bit too far there, fellas. This uh, team
1: has uh, – it, it kind of gives me vibes of 2005, 2006 Miami Heat where you got the young guy – And then you got a bunch of like savvy veteran guys who kind of know that they're a little on the other side of the hill, but they kind of can kind of help the young guy a little bit, but it's kind of going to be on the young guy. And it kind of feels like that with uh, Donovan Mitchell basically being like the workhorse. And then it's like, all right, we're going to give you Conley. We're going to give you, you know, Rudy Gobert and Bogdanovich and, uh moody a and you know we're just going to kind of fill in just enough pieces around you yeah to put together like something cool i'm i'm
0: excited to
1: see how much do you think your tickets are going to go up by next season
0: yeah that's what i'm worried about i was like gosh darn it like i was i was looking up tickets i was trying to see if i could buy tickets already you know, all you can do is season tickets right now i'm like fuck now it's like, well, I need to buy tickets for Utah, Brooklyn, which I never would have expected. <laughs> <laughs> and Like, oh, now I need to buy tickets for, like, uh, uh, Utah, New Orleans. Yeah. you got to go
1: see Zion.
0: Utah, New Orleans. I'm like, if you had asked me, like, two years ago if I was going to go see Utah, New Orleans, I'd be like, no fucking way, dude. <laughs> I kind of want to see the Knicks, too, just because if it's actually a shit show <laughs> on the court
1: what's a team with four power forwards on the court at the same time
0: oh my god so I, i'm as soon as those come out i'm i'm locking in some dates as wad would like to say i need to go so, see utah uh, indiana too apparently for this finals matchup
1: <laughs> Preview, bro <laughs> uh so which signings slash move slash trades were you most excited by
0: Everyone here is uh, writing uh, still a full erectile motion of Mike Conley. So that one's pretty big. I personally think the Josh Richardson, Al Horford's really fucking big. And um, what was the other one I thought was super cool?
1: Brogdon? Kemba? Uh... Oh,
0: uh, Whiteside. Oh. Oh very very strange those are probably my three favorite deals that went on um teams i'll be interested to see how they play and i'll give an honorary mention to the pelicans just because i was going to watch them anyways but now i'm even more confused with jj reddick and favors
1: <laughs> i swear to god if the fucking pelicans win the title fucking hilarious shit after this Anthony Davis trade. <laughs> I'd love to just
0: see, what you, you said it last time, if the Lakers and the Pelicans matched up in the playoffs somehow. <laughs> like as a 2-7 two, two or something like that.
1: It'd be great. It'd be so good. <laughs> um, I guess winners, losers? Who's kind of the biggest winner of the uh, fr- summer right now? 50 hours in. I want
0: to say the unanimous feel-good winner is probably Utah, right? Like, it doesn't seem like this goes wrong in any way. Like, it seems like this is, like, a positive on every side you can imagine it.
1: Yeah, Uh, this does seem like a a jigsaw puzzle where you're missing the last piece, and then you kind of find it underneath the table, and then you, like, just slot it in, and you're like, fuck yeah, punch the air a little bit.
0: Yeah, I think... You could maybe make an argument for the Nets, but I'm not so certain that they didn't just fuck themselves over again. Like, you're signing some guys that have some injury problems now and and aren't really uh, in their primes anymore. Like, uh, there's a a way that that goes wrong. And, of course, I think whoever where Kawhi goes is going to be probably the other winner of the whole nine yards.
1: So now that like sixty-ish players have all moved around, um, where do you where do you think Kawhi kind of goes? Because now he's kind of got the information of this is where everyone else kind of ended up. This is how kind of the East stacks up against the West, stuff like that. So
0: I think he will probably end up staying in Toronto.
1: Do you think he does like a long-term deal or like a one-year deal?
0: One and one with Toronto, run it back. Your whole dichotomy of of that is different. I mean, Boston's not the same. Philly's better, question mark. Uh Indiana's going to be back, so that might be a problem. Uh the Bucks or well, you'll have to run it back against them. Kind of teams you're already prepped for, nothing too new to deal with. Uh if you went to the West, let's say you go to the Clippers. Now you have just way too many teams in that playoff contention. It feels like, like feels like there's only a couple Western teams that are, would be out of it. And it'd be That's Minnesota yeah. and Phoenix. So. And even Phoenix, I'm not convinced they're going to be bad. Like I didn't even mention the Grizz, like the Grizz are going to be in the playoffs, obviously. And Sacramento.
1: Yeah. It's kind of crazy that in the West, I, I think there's, 13 teams that have a legitimate chance of being in the playoffs.
0: Just, I think I enjoy this year because it's one of the few, you know, the last couple years we, everyone's been mad at, Oh, well we know the finals is going to be golden state LeBron again for four years in a row. And this is the first year in a while where it's been so up in the air where we, we can very well not have golden state or Toronto, maybe not even Kawhi or Kevin Durant or LeBron in the finals. Like, that's pretty crazy if you had told me, like, a year ago, hey, LeBron, Kevin Durant, and Kawhi might not be in the finals. Like, that's a pretty big prediction to make.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a very real chance that it's Indiana-Utah, T.J. Warren, finals MVP, and I'm pretty fucking good with that.
0: Revenge game for Boban? Oh. Miles Turner versus Rudy Gobert, the battle of the big men. I'm
1: not going to lie. That's actually kind of, that would actually be really fun to watch. Yeah. Donovan Mitchell guarded by Malcolm Brogdon.
0: I was going to say Oladipo versus Mitchell. That'd be a pretty intense matchup too. (laughs) Oh shit. I'm actually like kind of talking my way really into this. You can't sleep on Oladipo, man. That dude's good. It's like, I'm kind of, I'm kind of into it, man. All right. So with that, folks, that will wrap up our F5 season until Kauai figures his act together. We do always appreciate your viewership, listening, watching, wherever you may be. Of course, we like the SoundCloud the best. That's where we, our home base is. You can follow us there. You can also leave any questions, comments, concerns, and feedbacks of your choosing in the comments or in the DMs or in the email provided. Uh, we also like to, again, thank Coca-Cola Life for sponsoring this episode of Heart in the Paint Podcast. And we will see you all folks next time for hopefully the conclusion of the Kawhi sweepstakes. As well as any other smaller people that might have gone somewhere. Or Boogie. Boogie's still up for grabs. And with that, the Lakers will win the 2020 NBA Championship.